Welcome back. It's the LNBC Students Podcast coming to you not live, pre-recorded in a semi-studio called The Pit with yours truly and Taylor Terzik and Rich Lowry. Hey. Why? What? Where does the kind of inclination to say coming at you live? Did, is that our show? It's definitely that a that? thing. I don't know what it it's is. It's definitely a thing. It's where did it come from? Sitcoms used to be recorded in front of live studio audience. So they would say, like in the intro, like coming to you live. Sometimes it would say like it would say like the following is broadcasted in front of a live studio oh, audience. Oh yeah, with this part. kind of radio voice, and, and it was yeah. like yeah. So uh, fun fact. So this episode we had to break up. Uh, a really long episode into two parts. So this is part mm-hmm. two of Silence and Solitude. So yeah. stay tuned because you're going to hear uh, Taylor accidentally say the word fuck. <laughs> so that's going to be exciting. So today, let's look at our icebreaker question, which is that's Mr. Like Rich Lowry. What would you have for your last meal, Carson? Mm. My last meal? Um, honestly, I think I would have a really good pizza. Okay, specifically from where? Like, I want to be super specific. Like, you're telling the, what is the jail person? Guard. Whoever sets up your last uh, meal. Probably like Tony's Pizza. Give Tony's me, me Pizza? Tony's Pizza, yeah. Like a whole Tony's yeah, Pizza? Yeah, give me like pepperoni? a whole, whole pepperoni Tony's Pizza with uh, side ranch. Hmm. And, uh, side of ranch? Yeah. They have good ranch. No, not at Tony's. Tony's has kind of lame ranch. It's just like oh. a little packet. Oh really? Yeah, I would I would tell them to go out and get like some good good ranch. Oh, well. What about you, Taylor? Um, it'd be sushi. Pierogies. <laughs> it wouldn't be pierogies. <laughs> that's my. No, Polish. you gotta be specific though. What is the? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's your Polish my food. Polish. Uh, the spicy hamachi rolls and spicy salmon rolls from Pisces. Shout out to Pisces and Morsel. Yeah. yeah, along with. Uh, one order of their spring rolls and one order of their pot stickers. That's just that is my meal. It is the meal. Well, there's two ways you could look at it, right? Do you want your last meal to be like your favorite, or would you want it to be something like exciting that you never had before? I feel like it's too big of a risk to go for something you've never had before. Like I'm not gonna try ratatouille. Yeah, I don't want it to be disappointing. Have well, you ever had ratatouille? It could be uh, no, I've not. But it could be like a meal that like. Maybe that specific one you never had before, but you know you're going to like. Like if someone so, brought you sushi rolls from a place you've never been to, like you're probably going yeah, to like Yeah, w- any sushi I wouldn't complain about. Yeah. For me, it would definitely be homemade pasta with a brown butter lemon garlic sauce. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Any meat? Any protein on that? Uh, definitely would be scallops and shrimp. Mm. Mm. Nice. Sautéed scallops. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. All right. I can make you pretty good shrimp pasta really? dish. Mm, okay. Yeah. I have I'm still waiting for my invite to dinner to your house. You. No, you haven't. Yeah, I have. No. Mm-hmm. Olivia and I, you said you were going to invite well, us. Well, before this gets hairy, <laughs> let's go now and turn to our topic of silence and solitude. <laughs> say silence and solitude this is a, probably a little delayed in our conversation this is a textbook definition from donald s whitney 
He ha, have you guys read the spiritual disciplines for the Christian life? Yeah, Rich has. That's what I'm reading right now. Oh, okay, sweet. Yeah. Um, so this was his textbook definition of silence and solitude. The discipline of silence is the voluntary and temporary abstention from speaking so that certain goals might be sought, spiritual goals might be sought. Solitude is the spiritual discipline of voluntarily and temporarily withdrawing to privacy for spiritual purposes. What I did with that definition uh, was basically highlighted one important thing, I think, for our students, was that this is a means to an end in terms of you depart, you withdraw from the noise and the chaos for certain spiritual goals and certain spiritual purposes. Mm -hmm. um, I love, to um, the emphasis on withdrawing with the purpose of re-entering yeah. the world. Yeah, I think that's uh, really spawned out of Bonhoeffer's quote in Life Together. Mm -hmm. So let the man who, who uh, I guess, bewares of being alone. or I think it was something the, like that. the man who is weary of being alone that's needs it. to be wary of when he's with others. And then he says, the uh, like, vice versa. Yeah, but, but basically we need that time of solitude and mm -hmm. community together. So if we're ever to enter solitude, we should enter with the purpose and kind of the anticipation to re-enter, having been changed in the process. So it, what exactly is that change that's supposed to happen in silence and solitude? And uh, I, I listed five purposes that as I kind of combed through Scripture and thought about certain um, things, these were the five purposes that stuck out to me. And you guys can feel free to kind of add any purposes that you see, like I said to the students, this isn't an exhaustive list, but it's kind of the the purposes that will flesh out over the next few weeks, and it will be the purposes that I think are important for the next few sermons in the series. But the first thing um, is that it recenters us to become present, and uh, I know that might have some interesting, <laughs> like kind of uh, language insinuations. But it all comes from this uh, church father. Thomas Merton talked about how uh, the church fathers and the monastic community practiced centering prayer or centering down. And that's that just really resonated with me, like re-centering. Because I think in a hurried, chaotic world, like I f this is just how I feel. Like everything is getting pulled apart. Like my priorities are here and there and everything is scattered. And I feel like when I sit in silence and solitude, it's this act of like recentering. And then even more than that, it's recentering so that you become present in this moment. And uh, that was a whole nother revolution for me with this practice was it's like I'm focused on my breathing. I realize where I am. I'm in this moment and becoming present in this moment then allows me to carry my presence in the moment throughout the rest of my day. Um, so I, I felt like that was really important for, for teenagers in a distracted world that we're in to kind of become centered, prioritized and present. For me, I think you're right. Like it's, it's me being present in the moment, but in my experience, just talking rich here, I'm not talking Taylor Carson or anyone else. Like, the more I focus on me in these moments, the harder I have a time of connecting with the Lord. Sure. Mm. So I choose to focus on the conscious realization that I'm in His presence. Mm. 
Like it doesn't matter to me um, whatever I'm doing, reading the Bible, praying, talking mm-hmm. to you, working, whatever it is, God is there, right? Mm-hmm. Like not just in me, but God's imminent, like he's in his creation. And for me, that's the presence that I'm after. And you're saying the same thing. Sure. You're just saying it slightly different than, mm-hmm. than I would. And I think yeah. for me, focusing more on the God aspect of it helps me get to what you're describing than gotcha. focusing yeah. on me going. Well, I th- yeah, I think that's mm-hmm. that's what recenters you. But yeah, I think we're, we're coming at it in the same way to say that recentering in the moment, becoming present in the moment is a meeting with God. Like we are coming back to the reality that God is with us, that we are present. And, um, but a lot of times I think, um, for us in the kind of the culture that we're in, uh, kind of a disembodied, a disincarnated existence that we live in, like through our phones, through social media profiles, a lot of times we got to get back in our bodies. That's all I'm kind of like emphasizing there, but it's the same point that you're making that, you know, knowing that God is here, that we're present, is is important. Uh, the second purpose I mentioned was that it reminds us that we're human, that we're not a machine. Um, this practice, along with Sabbath, I think are some of the most important practices for the Christian life because they remind us that God is God and we're not, hmm. and uh, that he has made us to rest yeah. in that. And I can't think of a better way to realize that you're human than by being in, you know, mm-hmm. communion with God, like in a very tangible way. So it reminds me, you know, uh, Psalm 4610, be still and know that I am mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. And I never wanted to really be God. Like you would never hear me <laughs> say that. But I, early on in my Christian, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Well, early on in my Christian walk, like I thought I could get to a place where I wouldn't sin again, right? Like if I just followed Jesus hard enough, I would never sin again. Uh Um, And it wasn't until what you just said about realizing you're human. Like if I'm human, that means I'm not God. And if I'm not God, that frees me up to be human. Uh And that was freeing for me so i I like that language (laughs) maybe that verse from psalm 46 that's what we prayed through the Mm -hmm. psalm we prayed through in the 20th group last week but maybe that should just be the way (laughs) solitude's work is be still and know that i've got yeah yeah. maybe that should just be the manual yeah summary for sure yeah and then these other purposes because i think those are the two main purposes uh really kind of in terms of what silence and solitude just is uh, these next purposes, I think, are very particular to how we're going to treat it for this series. And the first, so so the third purpose was it provides an opportunity to feel our feelings, and uh, that's where I think you see in the story of of Elijah is God gives him space to express his emotions to him, and uh, that the place of silence and solitude can be that. So is number three when you realize you were a jerk? Is yeah, that yeah. Mm-hmm. One and two, you were okay. <laughs> three came, and you're like. Oh, I'm a jerk. I need to work one day. Yeah. No, I remember there was one of the practices for the week, and it basically, it said, you know, uh, the the place of silence and solitude can be a place where you cast your cares. Um, but you got to identify and acknowledge your emotions. And for me, that is not natural. <laughs> well, no, I, don't, I think that that's a, I mean, that's a huge problem for yeah. s- particularly men Yeah, I in our culture. So. 
I mean, specifically. Yeah. And so um, seeing that, that God invited Elijah to do that. And then uh, I've been reading a lot about the Psalms and, and uh, how the Psalms are a, a prayer book of emotional expression to be read back to God. I was like, wow, like God wants us to express this emotion to him because he's the only one that can handle it. Well, that's one of the things that really bothered me early on in my Christian walk was coming to church and like, how are you doing? I'm okay. Like, really? <laughs> like, what am I doing wrong? Because I'm struggling. Yeah. Like, every day is hard. Like, I'm angry. I'm frustrated. <laughs> like, I'm not laughing. Like, mm. help me. Like, what am I doing wrong? And I think that's why, like, right? Like, so ideally, like, that's what, like, should be happening in the life of the Christian. Like, you're dealing with all these tough things, and then you come on the Lord's Day and gather together and strengthen and encourage each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was, I remember, y'all will laugh at this, Brooks and I were talking in small group one night, and he was like, who likes the Psalms? I was like, I hate the Psalms. David's a crybaby. Like, <laughs> life is great. Like, I, I don't know any better. And now it's like, I need the Psalms. Like, yeah. it is a outlet for everything. Yeah, Psalms are becoming much more important in my time in the... Yeah, because they're like a good way to frame the emotions that you're feeling. In a good way to like just pray out like that. Well, it's interesting because David goes, you know, he gets rugged sometimes, (laughs) like you said, Taylor. Mm -hmm. He'd be like, God, how long, oh Lord, (laughs) you know? When but, you gonna show up, God? Yeah, but then <laughs> like he when? always yeah. ends by praising and remembering. Yeah. Yes, that's who it, and God that's is. exactly what that video that we looked at last mm-hmm. week with Tim Keller, right? Like sometimes the Psalms, like when David writes them, it's like it almost seems a little bit inappropriate, <laughs> right? Like he's saying things for like, oh, I don't know if you could say that. You're bold, David. Right? You're bold, David. But at the end, like it makes you submit to the sovereignty of God. But yeah. look at yeah, look yeah. at Jeremiah said God seduced him, right? Like mm-hmm. there's this pattern in scripture where like people are reverent of God, right? But they also know him where they can be honest and open and mm-hmm. I think that's something for me that's hard. Like the emotional side is like I want to confess that stuff to God, but sometimes even in confessing it to God, I think we're still not honest mm. this day and age, right? Like, okay, mm. Lord, I'm angry. Please help me. But, like, I'm not willing to deal with, like, it's not Taylor making me angry. Like, I'm angry because mm. <laughs> I'm angry, yeah, right? Yeah. Not, it has nothing to do with anyone else. But I think for me that's been probably the biggest breakthrough recently with emotions. Yeah. I. What I think is so beautiful about using the Psalms to do that in terms of being honest, I think it equips you to be honest better than anything else because it's like I was reading in the psalm uh, just today and it was talking about um, a certain emotion and uh, I I was like, that is my emotion. But being able to read that David had that emotion expressed it to God, it was almost like it gave me the permission to be honest that that's how I'm feeling Mm. and saying, God, that's how I'm feeling. Mm. Like, hey... (laughs) Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah. So I think the place of silence and solitude gets you in the position to do that and really kind of do some soul searching and, and things like that. Uh, fourth purpose that we said is it quiets the noise. 
so that you can hear God's voice. I love that in the story of Elijah, it's the earthquake, it's the fire, it's the, the great wind, but God's not in those. God is in the still, small whisper. And that was so um, corrective for Elijah. Elijah was into some big, flashy things. He staged this huge showdown, right? He's like, I'll show you who God is and how God works in this huge showdown with fire and then this whole dramatic thing. And God is teaching Elijah that, no, I work in the still, small, ordinary, quiet moments. You know, and the flashy thing. and the flashy thing. There's also the Exodus and stuff. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was gonna let, say, let's ah, not throw yeah, all that yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but oftentimes, you know, we only expect God to show up in those big ways, and we're not committed to those quiet, ordinary times in our prayer, prayer closets. Basically, yeah. uh, the last purpose that I list, and I think it really launches into the rest of the the series, is that I believe silence and solitude postures us for scriptural meditation and prayer. And that's the point I was making earlier. It's after I've kind of become present in the moment, I've been able to kind of get in touch with where I'm at and then posture myself to hear God's voice. Going to scripture and prayer right after that is like the natural kind of flow for me. Yeah, so for me it's interesting. And again, this is not something I've done. It's something God did in me. Yeah. I always have my long, in-depth prayer time after I read Scripture. So my my prayer before Scripture is, Father, help me. Give me understanding, mm-hmm. discernment. Whatever I feel like God's leading in that moment, Yeah. then I'm in Scripture, and Scripture helps, right? It helps mm-hmm. reorient my heart. And I'm meditating on it, reading it slowly, and then I go to prayer. So it it's just interesting, again, the, the nuance is there. Like, well, yeah, because there's even a nuance to what you call prayer. Yeah, I definitely. would call everything. I would call silence and solitude prayer. Mm-hmm. You would, yeah. So I would say I begin in prayer to yeah. some people. But in the way that we've kind of just divided up the practice, right? Yeah. It's just kind of For the, the sake of teaching. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just the way that we've, we've done it. But also returning to those times of silence, like as I'm praying through the Psalms, there's times I take breaks and it's just... It is silence and solitude for all intents and purposes. Oh, yeah, that happens in prayer, too. Yeah. Like, I guess that's what I'm trying to say is these things are interchangeable, right? Like, Sure. That's all. Yeah, yeah, I I think that's absolutely true. We are just because of on the front end of all this, we're clarifying distinctions so that people can, especially people who were, were, I think a lot of students are just thirsty for practical, exact precise things for for this practice because we've heard the kind of like throw out there you know we've heard the like do have a quiet time get into god's word right we've heard those general kind of calls this or at least the students have but they don't know exactly what to do or how to do that so i think that's why we're just being almost over clarifying some some certain things you know at least that's how I feel about it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so we gave students kind of a practice <laughs> for the week, and it was just to identify their place in their time, set their goal for the week, and then practice stillness. And we gave them step-by-step instructions for that. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you guys about is, like, do you have a place and a time every day? Um, <laughs> I shared the story uh, with the 20s group we did this way before we started preaching on it for the students, but I, I tried to make my closet 
at home yeah. space and I have a I have a pretty decent sized closet. It's probably a little bit smaller than the room that we're in now. Um and uh I didn't really realize this, but it's kind of functionally it's like in the bowels of the house. So it's like just like above like where the like stairwell is in the house. So where it sits you can hear everything. <laughs> like there is nothing in the house that you can't hear. So like I would be like sitting there and then I try to do it in the morning too. And that's a bad idea. I just can't do anything in the morning before noon. I just am not productive. And I'm sitting there and I just hear Donna, where's the <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> and she's like, I told you I put it in. And I'm hearing everything in the house. I'm like, this is not working. So it's functionally become like the couch in there, but I, I would like for it to be something other than the office. But yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is not working. Because <laughs> do you have a spot, Rich? Uh, usually it's the foot of my bed. Like I mm. get on my knees and uh, my Bible's open. And I'm alone with God. Mm. It can happen in a car. It can happen at my desk at work. Like it, mm-hmm. it's it's pretty neat of the moment. But if I had to to pin it down like daily, it's the foot of my bed. Cool. Yeah, so I kind of made just this, a little spot in the couch in my office. Like, my that's my place. And I think it's a nice reminder. It's almost like an embodied kind of, like, prompt as I sit there. It's And I, it's, and I do the same thing every morning. It's like this cue. As soon as I sit down, it's like I know what I'm about to do, and it kind of helps me get, get into that kind of practice. Um, at home, it's definitely hard. We live in a... A humongous house with three small children, <laughs> um, but my my closet is kind of in the back, and I can try to do it there. But it's uh, it's uh, at home. It is really inconsistent. It's whenever I can find the. Time. So you guys literally get in a closet. That is awesome. I literally get in a closet at home. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's. The, I mean, it didn't work for me, but it's like a walk-in. Like, so I mean, I you always can, it's not laugh. like a little. I don't want people to think of it's like the sliding door, and I'm like crouching in the corner. It's not like that. No, I just laugh when I hear y'all people say that. Not you guys. Like my prayer closet. Like really? Like your prayer closet could be anywhere. Like, yeah. That's super you, dope, though. Like people like devote like a room. Yeah, yeah that'd be. Pretty it's kind of cool. So I have a friend that has a room in his house. Him and his wife and. On one of the walls, they paint it and repaint it, but everybody that comes into the house that's a Christian gets to write a prayer on the wall and sign their name, and, like, it's really cool. Hmm. That's pretty neat. Yeah, I think, hint, Leroy was, I think Leroy was saying he has, like, a wall with just sticky notes of prayers. Oh, that's cool. I think, I think that was him that was telling me that. I don't know who Leroy is. Mm. Yeah, you do. He plays drums. The 945 service? Have you not met him? No. I'll introduce him. You guys I should. I know who you're talking about. You're but both great people. Him. You should know each other. You should. Shout out to Leroy. Shout out to Leroy. Um, who will never listen to this podcast. Oh, I'll slide on this one him. episode. <laughs> we could say, hey, you were mentioned. <laughs> you might want to check the reference. <laughs> so here's uh, something that we can possibly help. Um, some of the students with we had them fill out a survey uh about you know did you do the practice if you didn't do it why didn't you do it if you did do it what were some obstacles that you faced um i think of the people that were actually here the previous week and were told to practice it was close to 70 percent of students actually attempted the practice which was really cool um one of the things that they said was the biggest the biggest obstacle for them 
were uh, concerned, they kept getting distracted. So um, I want to maybe just go around and say, when you are in your time of prayer, you're in your time of silence and solitude specifically, what are some ways that you kind of fight distraction? And how could we give some helpful pointers on that? Um, I, I get distracted easily too. And I think for me, it's been really helpful, like picking a specific time. So like if, if functionally my space has become my office, then like I know that I'm not going to be able to do anything on Wednesday in there. Hmm. Just, I just know that that's not an option or like, if I do it on Thursday, like don't do Thursday afternoons when the homeschool co-op group <laughs> yeah, is running yeah. wild up in here. So I guess picking the right time is half the battle Very for true. distractions too. I think it's really easy for me like on, you know, days or parts of the day when like no one else is up here. Like I don't ever have any distractions up here. So mm. it's a little bit easier. So I want to piggyback on what Carson said. Mm-hmm. Like if you plan to do it, like Jesus did, right? And then you get interrupted, I think. Going with the interruption and then returning back to what, like there's beauty in that. Like mm-hmm. God is in charge of everything. So the interruption's not an accident, right? Um, distraction, it's important, I think, guys, to realize. You hear this tossed around so much and it's almost uh, bad, but we're in a war, right? Like your flesh doesn't want you doing this. Like, the devil doesn't want you doing it, and the world doesn't want you doing it. And those things are going to fight you. And it's important to realize that even Taylor said this, too. If it's not one of those three things, it could be God revealing to you that you are distracted. And Mm -hmm. you need to, instead of giving up, press into that. Okay, Father, I am distracted. And one of the best advice I ever got in regards to that was, Thanking God that he's bigger than my distraction. Mm, mm. Mm, yeah, it's good. Thank you, Father, you're bigger than my distraction. Help me, you know, and, and just allowing him to do what only he can. Mm. So. Yeah, uh, that's really good. Uh, that ties into one of the things that I've, I've heard. Um, Ruth Haley Barton had a book called Invitation to Silence and Solitude. She talks about that when um, she would get distracted or really struggle getting her mind off other things. Uh, she said it's really important not to judge yourself, not say, wow, this was a total failure. You know, like, ah. And um, this... Cause, yeah, because I think that comes from just like our, we just always want to be producing something. Yeah. So yeah. I want to... So before, anything that we, if we didn't produce anything, we failed. Yeah, yeah. before you go, because I, I want you to keep going, Taylor. I remember <laughs> when I quit smoking, right, God was just incredible, but... I remember you telling me, Rich, you need to thank God and praise him for your failures. (laughs) So even in this, like you're saying, it's not a total waste of time. Like, thank God for it. Praise him for the failure and and watch him move. Mm. Right. Because that's still orchestrated by him, you know, for sure. Yeah. So I think that's really important um, along all those lines. Uh, There's a story I just read in a book. Um, it's a collection of some stories from the monks of the desert, which are, I think you've read some of those stories. They're really funny. <laughs> some of them are just ridiculous. Like yeah. super spiritual? Yeah. Or like, yeah. Some like of them are, it's where it's almost like that's ridiculous. Some of them are just very extravagant, um, but that's not 
really the monastic father's fault. It was more, I think I just said monastic fart, but it's not the monastic father's (laughs) fault. Uh, are you writing that down? The time that Taylor said monastic <laughs> fart. Yes. Uh, yes, I am. But I really don't think it's their fault. It's it's how they were kind of uh, grandized or glorified afterwards. Anyway, but this one story, uh, one monk goes to uh, an an abba or an abbot, a father, and is basically like, I keep getting distracted. And he's like, okay, go outside of your hut, open your shirt, and try to catch the wind. He's like, okay. <laughs> so he goes outside of his hut, and the wind hits him, and then he comes back in. And he's like, were you able to catch the wind? And he was like, no. He's like, in the same way, you will not be able to uh, get rid of distractions. He's like, it's an inevitability. You're going to have distractions. So I think adjusting your expectations to the fact that your mind will wander um, and then having a defense mechanism for it, which I think a really good defense kind of or a way to battle, like Rich said, distraction in those moments is to have something that you just come back to. Like a centering kind of. Thing. Like a centering prayer. Like for me, it is our Father and um, the Lord's Prayer. Other people have used something called the Jesus Prayer, like Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Um, other people have just said, you know, when I get distracted, all I say is, help me, yeah. help me, Father, you know. And I think having a phrase like that, though, it's a very practical thing, but it's it's kind of collecting all the things that we just said, which is recognize you will get distracted. Don't judge yourself. Don't get all frustrated about it. Just thank you, God. Now help me recenter, you know. I think the other thing, too, I was as y'all were talking, I was thinking, and I want to say it was Anselm. But I may be wrong. But uh, he was in a cave praying and battling demons or something. I don't know how true the story is. Um, And he left. They had to drag him out of the cave because he was just beat up so bad. And I think this is Anthony. It might have been Anthony. Okay, I know it's Anthony. Because Athanasius wrote Anthony's story. So, and Anthony went back the next day (laughs) and had victory and... Anthony asked God, he's like, what happened? And God said, you came back. Mm. Mm. Man, that's so good. That's good. (laughs) So, like, I've noticed it in my own prayer life. Like, when I'm really distracted and, like, God's showing me all the areas where I'm struggling and I'm sinful and I want to run or I'm angry or whatever, I'll stop. Mm. And then I'll take a deep breath or whatever and I go back and pray and until... Like, I repeat that until I'm actually mm. present, consciously present mm-hmm. with God. The same thing when I'm reading my Bible. Like, I remember yeah. early on, I would get, this is going to sound bad. Don't ever do this. I would get so mad I wanted to throw my Bible across the room. Like and Now he doesn't like anything sitting on top of it. I've always been that way. Anyway. Um, <laughs> wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, we'll, we we'll get back there. We'll get back um, to that. When we talk about scripture, we'll talk yeah. about that. But th- the point was, like, I would get so mad because I consciously wa- was aware, like, I'm distracted yeah. and I'm not focused on the Lord. And it felt like he wasn't meeting me. So I would take a break and then I would come back. And then eventually, like, everything would fade away and it was just me and God again. And that, mm-hmm. I think that's important, too, if you're easily distracted is don't give up just because the first time it doesn't work for you. Mm. Is there and is there anything more beautiful, like a more beautiful picture 
of our dependence on God and his sovereignty and his goodness than the knowledge of like we're going to continue to go into his presence and we know that we're going to get distracted, but we just pray, help me. Yeah, you, you know? just got to like, strip that stuff away. That's beautiful. And you got to keep going back. And, mm-hmm. like, I think for me it's the knowledge, like you said, Carson, that God desires for me to be present with him. And that, that keeps yeah. me. And I think there's also, like, it kind of checks us and says, like, we're not manipulating God. Yeah, <laughs> We're not saying God be here and he comes to our beck and call, you know. He's already there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's that. There's that whole, like, you know, part of it. But also, like, when you don't feel God, it's it's not like you can just summon God to make you feel better. And that's a good thing because it proves that God is God and you are not, yes. which is the first thing to actually realize when your emotions and your feelings aren't matching up to reality, you know? So... That's good stuff. That's good. Well, um, I'm really excited about this whole series, and I definitely want to have more kind of roundtable discussions about the practices. Because like I said, I think the more we can kind of preach our practice, we can give students um, some really on-the-ground, everyday pictures of what it means to follow Jesus. And Well, and I started to say, and I think it would be cool. I don't know when this will come out, uh, when people will be hearing this, but probably soon after we'll have a Sunday night where we'll have a panel. Yes. With you and some Very others true. talking about um, the practice of silence and solitude. So I think that'll give even more voices to this practice, and I think that'll be really cool. Okay, well, that wraps up this two-episode special on silence and solitude. Um, we will have another panel live that hopefully we can... Uh, that Actually, well, it won't be live, but we'll record it. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, we'll record the panel, and hopefully that will also give some uh, practical uh, wisdom around the practice, too. So, you guys have anything else you'd like to say? Confess? No. No. All right. Well, thanks for listening.